everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and today my guest is Angela Scafani. Angela is a New York City-based singer-songwriter, and today we're talking about her journey with mental health, as well as her new song that she released and wrote, inspired by the COVID-19 pandemic and the 1918 pandemic, called Catherine Hannon to Her Nurses. It's a really relevant episode. I know you're going to find a lot in her story and in her writing that you can relate to. And I'm really excited to share this song as well because it's such a beautiful way to really honor women, to honor their role in these pandemics and in the world, and to be able to, of course, relate to each other and support each other more than ever during this time that we're going through. So we're going to jump into that episode in a second. But before we do, I want to remind you real quick that this episode is brought Brought to you by my musicians make more money budget tracker and planner this is a brand new product that I am now offering it's not really new because I use it with all of my clients all the time but now I'm offering it to you to buy as its own product and I'm super excited about it so in celebration of the launch I am offering 50% off the price using code MONEY, and we might be out by the time this episode airs, but it's worth buying ASAP because you might have a chance at getting one of the limited available 30-minute free bonus calls I am offering for those who enroll right away. So act fast to get one of those calls, but honestly, we're almost out, so hopefully by the time you're listening to this, you still have a chance at grabbing one of the last spots. However, the discount's going to end next week, next Wednesday. So again, you're going to want to act fast. Use code MONEY at checkout to grab your spot and the link to grab your tracker, use your discount, maybe even get your free 30-minute bonus call if they're still left is bit.ly slash out to be money. So head to bit.ly slash out to be money. Use code money, all caps, at checkout, and you will be on your way to bringing more money in, to getting super confident with your finances, and reducing all of that stress that you might be feeling around them right now, especially given this time. So go ahead, do not hesitate. This is an amazing offer. I know it's gonna help you so much, and honestly, the price, beautiful. It's so beautiful. It is such a good price for what you're going to be getting. So go ahead and enroll now. And if you have any questions, be sure to DM me at Katie Zuccardi on Instagram and let's talk about it. Okay, without any further ado, let's hop into today's episode. Hey, Angela, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So you are a New York City-based singer-songwriter and you have released and written a really, really inspiring song. And I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that today. But before I want to dive into a little bit about what you do and your journey with mental health. So tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do as an artist. Yeah, so um, I went to theater school and I studied drama. Um, But I had always been a singer songwriter ever since I was a kid that sort of became my coping mechanism. My parents got divorced when I was really young and I think I just, I was a singer and what I knew was that music made me feel comforted and that I actually could put my emotions to words and melody. Um, And so that led me to to be a performer as a kid and throughout drama school, it actually ended up being sort of like therapy, um, very expensive therapy, but um, very amazing therapy and it. Um, helped me find out how I could be an artist 
um, and cope with my own emotions and, and dive deeper into what I was feeling and learn how to express myself um, in, in that way. When I graduated, I was, you know, a New York City actress going to open calls, going to auditions. Um, and actually, that's when my mental health um, started to really affect my my day to day um, in a way that was debilitating, I would say. Um, throughout college, I had had anxiety and I had had a bit of depression, but, you know, I, I was I was in an environment where there were acting teachers and movement classes and it it really felt like supportive therapy throughout that time and you know we would end class talking about how we felt and check in a lot so it, it really wasn't um, anything that hindered my progress because it was part of the schooling actually um, that's what I felt um, but when I started auditioning I was really really anxious and at first I thought it was you know a normal normal fears and whatnot. Um, but about two years into it, um, it, the anxiety actually started attacking my voice um, and I couldn't sing. And it was really, really um, hard on me because my voice has been a really strong part of my identity. Um, and it would be uh, to the point where I would go into an audition. I had prepared, I knew the song, I did it fine in my room. Um, but when I got there, my voice had just stopped, um, and I really bombed a few times, and it was really difficult um, and confusing. Um, I realized that my anxiety was a lot more physical than I had thought, and not just, you know, obsessive thoughts. I couldn't really meditate my way out of it because it was deep into my body. And when I started, you know, paying attention to what my body was doing, I realized oh, I'm feeling like fight or flight responses, um, but nothing is going on. And I, I realized that my body was creating this anxiety and my mind actually followed that, which was really not what I expected. Um, so I had been in therapy for years and, and I had made a lot of progress because I am a person that likes to develop myself and, um, and I'm introspective. But no matter what I did, no matter how much progress I made, there was always a wall for me. So I um, finally decided to go to a psychiatrist, which was scary for me, even though throughout school had even participated as a writer and a performer um, on a show called the NYU Reality Show, which is a mental health and wellness sketch musical um, originally designed to sort of be a, a marketing tool for the hotline that they had created. A lot of kids were, um, you know, suffering deeply in college, especially at NYU 2001, 9-11 um, had happened and there were, um, there was a suicide contagion that happened at, at the school. And so they came up with this hotline, which saved so many lives. There's been so many calls um, and, and it's been really incredible. So um, I was part of, I think like, I think it was the 10th year anniversary um, show. And so I was writing about anxiety and depression and we were working one-on-one -on -one with the head of the mental health um, program at NYU. And I was, you know, performing my songs about anxiety. So, you know, I, I was someone that really was happy talking to talk about mental health and I was thinking about it. I had the vocabulary. Um, 
but still I found that I was nervous to go to a psychiatrist and, and I, I was feeling a lot of shame about it. And I was feeling a lot of shame to think that I would need a medication, um, which really surprised me because I thought that I would not feel any way or, or make it, you know, participate in the stigma because I was all about getting rid of the stigma. It was a big part of my life, but it can happen to anyone. And I didn't know who to talk about it to because nobody really says that they're on medication. It's not a thing that's widely discussed. And luckily I have the support of my roommate, my best friend who talked me through it and was there for me to check in throughout it. And um, actually, I had a, a good experience at the psychiatrist's office because his philosophy was um, about not labeling necessarily or diagnosing necessarily what you specifically have. It's more about finding the right levels of this medication, uh, the right combination that can help you feel at ease and dissipate um, the anxiety. And he said to me, the knowledge of the brain that we have is primitive. It's, it's the way that we approached science and medicine in, you know, the 18, 1900s, like the early, um, early surgery and whatnot, you know, where we were essentially, you know, trial and error, poking and prodding. And now we can diagnose and, and specifically use certain medications to and know what the outcome will be. But um, thinking about it that way and how the brain is so complex um, and how millions of neurons are firing off and anything could, a little blip could go wrong, you know, and, and that made me feel actually a lot more at ease to conceptualize it that way. But I had still so much to say very specifically about what I was going through. And so I had these tools of writing about mental health as well. And um, I, I basically wrote, I guess, a song cycle about my diagnosis, mm. which was such an amazing way to work through it. Um, but when I finished that part, I realized, you know, I don't think this would even stand on its own. This is one part of the journey. And it, it made me realize I had a lot of steps to take further into my dissipation of my anxiety and my um mental health, you know, to, to healing. I, I, you know, it wasn't just going to be, well, I had thought, honestly, I had thought it would be now I took this medication. I'm perfect. Wow. Like here I am talking about what, the way I used to be when I was depressed and anxious, but I realized it was a lifelong, um, I don't want to say battle, but it's a lifelong journey that you have with your mental health. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, especially because, you know, yeah, your body changes. Um, and so, yeah, so now I'm, I'm still on my medication and it has helped a lot. But of course, you know, life happens, as we know right now, things you can't predict. So um, that's, that's where I am on my journey, just a lot of checking in. And I want to thank you for sharing that. I mean, we talk about all aspects of coping with mental health, anxiety, stress, and, and overall just supporting wellness on this podcast. But it's really important for me to have people on here who do also talk about you know, taking medication and seeking out um, a psychiatrist or whatever they feel they need to further their journey, because really it's all encompassing, right? Like we need to do many things in order to work on our journey with mental health. Like you said, I'd love to go back and talk a little bit more about how 
the anxiety was, it's almost like our bodies are so smart. Like your body knew that your voice was a tool that you use for work really. And it's such a big part of your livelihood. And it almost gave you a signal of like, you need to go a little bit deeper here. We need to deal with this a little bit more by stopping it <laughs> by making it hard for you to sing when you went into auditions and stuff. Did you see any signs of anxiety um, before that, that you kind of noted, but then it got to the point that your voice was not working and that was like the biggest thing? What happened before that instance where you stopped being able to sing? Yeah. So before I had been operating on a level of anxiety that was pretty much my my norm and you know you're not inside anyone else's body so for a really long time you know I just thought that the feeling I had inside of me and that stress and anxiety I thought it was just part of you know normal life because also I live in New York I'm constantly running around I have other things in my life that do stress me out so I was able to blame it on a lot of things so I would yeah. say you know oh, it's because, you know, I'm running around and, and hoping to pay rent and, and stressing about that. Or, you know, I'm stressed about my career and going in and, and singing in front of auditioners is just everyone is stressed about that. Um, but it wasn't until I started to really ask myself some deeper questions like, okay, so what if you had done a different career? Do you think that you would not feel stressed at all? And honestly, kind of playing through the scenarios in my head, I realized that this was the way that I operated and, and talking with friends and as, as simple as it may seem saying, do you feel this like sense of doom every time you wake up in the morning? Or do you feel like this, you know, tightening in your chest, just, just things like that. And, you know, when they were like, no, I don't, that's not what I feel. And I mean, certainly other people have anxiety and feel that, but to know that, oh, this isn't actually how my body is supposed to operate. This isn't right. something that I'm supposed, you know, this is something that I need to address. Um, and when I started to think about it that way, I was able to get through my auditions and I did have some successes. And, I, and so it's easy to just put your mental health to the side if you can get through, you know. I was able to live my life with anxiety. Um, and, and anxiety is one of the things that a lot of people can operate without it, without other people suspecting it sometimes. Like they can just say, oh, you're a type A person, you're high strong. Um, you know, I thought it was my personality. I really thought that the way I defined myself, the way that I describe, would describe myself would be, yeah, I'm really high strung, I'm really nervous, I'm really anxious. Um, and when my body started to say no, you, you can't just keep putting it to the side. You have, this is something that is serious and will, will prevent you from living your fullest life. Um, that's, you know, I, I actually, I was mad at my body at first, but then I was really grateful because it forced me to take a deeper look. And, and when you, honestly, when you realize, oh, this isn't my personality, and you realize, oh, I have a new me to discover. I mean, that is life-changing and, and really beautiful. And honestly, that's what I have experienced. I've experienced the idea of 
oh, I'm not the person I necessarily thought I was. Not, not that I'm so different, but there are different layers that once I took that anxiety out of the foreground, it's a journey, obviously, but there was a, a different me underneath and I got to know that person. Yeah, it's not like you were just someone who was anxious all the time. It was more just you are someone who has anxiety. And I think that's a big difference to make of it's not you just like being, and and when I say you, I literally mean like everyone, right? I think that it's really easy to identify with, oh, I'm I'm just really anxious or I'm really type A or I'm really like anal or I just need things a specific way. But we have the power to kind of detach ourselves from that anxiety and say, I'm actually not my anxiety. I am bigger than my anxiety. My anxiety is just a part of me. It's something I deal with, I experience, but it's not all-encompassing. It doesn't make up the whole of me. And I really thought it was um, interesting what you said about your friends because it's so true. I think we tend to normalize things. And I had the same experience. I actually went to NYU as well. And that was also when I really started to experience bad anxiety. No shade to NYU, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I guess when you're doing you know, the music major kind of thing and, and you're performing a lot, it is, it's kind of intense. And um, New York City is really, really high energy, high paced. Um, and I think that that's where I, well, I know that's where I saw my anxiety foster really the most there. That's where it started. And it's easy to look around and say, well, everyone's stressed. It's fine. Everyone's feeling this way and be able to kind of ignore any signs or symptoms or just feel like this is how it's supposed to be and start to normalize how you're feeling. And then not get help or not cope with it as much as you would like to. And I think it's so important to recognize that, yeah, everyone has stress and everyone has maybe a little bit of anxiety here and there, but if it's impacting your life, it's so, so important to get help. So again, thank you for sharing that. Tell us a little bit more about your song cycle passion project. You mentioned it briefly before, but let's dig a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. So um, my song cycle passion project is something that I created out of my frustration as being a, a female singer in in the theater, um, I found that every audition, um, whether I was pulling from you know the theater canon or was pulling from that particular show, um, new material even, it was all about like a woman who was trying to like find a man to love her or she was stressed because he didn't love her or she was seducing him or, um, you know, she, she was saying someday he'll come, you know, and I, um, had subjected myself to that type of thinking anyway, and have struggled with that, um, because of, you know, honestly, just our culture puts women in that position and, and, um, that's how you're grown essentially. I, I think I was, you know, grown, I grew up in a, a pretty traditional um, area where that, you know, finding your partner is, is the ultimate goal. Um, and I was really frustrated that that's the only option women had. And I am a person that is really passionate and excited about my creativity and um, my work and who I am through the work that I create. Um, and I decided that I wanted to write about women in our world that maybe we don't really know about, you know, we haven't heard about that are, that have done amazing things with their work and celebrate their love for what they've created. And um, so sort of putting the love song on its head um, 
So it's love songs from women to their work. Um, I wrote about um, the first woman who built and flew her own airplane. It was a love song from her to her airplane. Um, the woman who first uh, climbed Mount Everest and got to the top, um, her to Mount Everest. And so I'm playing with these things, but I wanted to make the music, you know, just like any other love song, like using the same language, using the same things that make a love song so amazing. Because honestly, the same thing happens when you listen to the radio. A lot of songs are about love and breaking up. And those are some of my favorite songs to write. Um, so I found it to be pretty, you know, um, not easy, but it, it was in my wheelhouse to write these songs. But the fact that they were about, they were telling the story about, you know, how this um, creativity or this um, mountain or this airplane, this drum is what made them feel alive and what made them, what saved their life or what pushed them forward and made them happiest. Um, that was really exciting to me. And you wrote a song called Catherine Hannon to her nurses that is inspired by what we're all going through right now with the coronavirus pandemic. What really inspired that? And where did, I love it. I think that the, the lyrics are so poetic, so beautiful, and they really tell a story. And while it's based off of a nurse from the early 1900s pandemic, you really made it so that we can resonate with it and what's going on today. So tell us about like how you came up with that story, how you wrote this song about the nurse, Catherine Hannon. Yes. My orchestrator and I were talking about like being creative in this time and, and wanting to contribute in some way, like wanting to write something that relates to right now. And um, we've been uh, collaborators on Passion Project um, ever since the start of it. And it sort of is like a formula where a woman to her work to, to X, Y, Z. Um, and I start to wonder about um, the 1918 pandemic because we were starting to hear a little bit about it. And um, coincidentally, I was at a, a residency in France um, writing Passion Project Volume 2 um, in March when the pandemic really reached the U.S. in full force and we were starting to see high numbers. And um, I, the residency took place in this chateau that um, an American family, the Clues, rented out in the summer of 1918 because their son had the Spanish flu, the, the 1918 flu. Um, so it kind of was a very um, full circle experience. I had to come home early um, and there I was, you know, still working on this project, you know, still researching women and I had only gotten halfway through um, because I ended early. And I went back and I, and I was wondering like, well, were there women during that we can really point out? I mean, obviously there, I bet there are, you know, so many women during that time that were essential, but obviously no one wrote about them. Yeah. Um, so I found, I found this article about Catherine Hannon and she was sort of the head nurse um, where she was stationed and she went to a few places, but I just thought, wow, like, 
how much love she must have had for her and respect for her fellow nurses that that she was she was watching them risk their lives every day and be around these people that were suffering every day and and you know that's what's happening right now so i thought about you know it's not only a love song from her to the nurses that are right there right now but it's it's sort of a love song from her to nurses of the future and and even like nurses of future pandemics like I think when you're going through something like that, you hope that it never will happen again, but you somehow know that something like it probably will happen again in history. And so I just thought about this across time, giving this hope and strength and love that they got through it and passing it along to the women now um, and, and everyone now, the essential healthcare workers that are getting their lives. It's sort of a message. It's a message of hope. And I think that hope is what we need most right now. Absolutely. It it felt really, yeah, it was really fun to to dig into that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I love the song. I think it's great. And I love the impetus behind the song. Now more than ever, people are feeling a little bit more uncertain, fearful. Maybe that anxiety is spiking a little bit more than, than normal even. And you're so right. We could all just use a little bit more hope and joy and some loving words during this time. And this song definitely, definitely brings that. Um, I think that's so crazy that you were literally writing in a chateau where people were staying during the 1918 pandemic. That is just wild. What a parallel there. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was wild. (laughs) Really wild. But we're glad that you were able to get home safe and that you were able to write this beautiful song. We're going to play the song in just a few minutes. Um, But before we do, thank you so much, Angela, for coming on, for sharing your story with us, for sharing your music with us. Where can we stay connected with you and keep up to date with everything that you're doing? Yeah, I'm all over the internet. Um, as we all are on on the internet these days, usually, especially right now. Um, so it, my website is just uh, my name, AngelaSclafani.com. And I actually have some new music that I've released on Spotify. I have a new EP coming out May 22nd. Um, and I released a single on April 24th. So that's kind of my, more of my pop, pop music. Um, but you can stay connected with me there. And I have information about Passion Project there. Um, and I will put the song up there as well. If you want to check that out, it'll be there too. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Angela. Everyone, be sure to go follow her, keep up with her, and tell her how much you love this song. And now, here's Catherine Hannon to her nurses by Angela Scalfani, performed by Hannah Corneau. night when we don't clock out and no one's inside you lose your day to save a life and even when we miss the sun and the days start rolling into one you never pause to come undone i stand before you and all give you a hand cause i'm enthralled by the But you could have fooled me Cause you keep running into the storm When everyone's playing You're taking the night shift You're making the air flow 
but you could've fooled me Cause you keep running into the storm When everyone's laying low When everyone's laying low You're taking a shift You're making me 